Okay, there are five of us around a table, but I'm here to speak to two, so that works out really well. This is Perspectives YYC. I am now on a short gamut of recording several of these, Kyle. I'm booking up your time, brother. My uh, illustrious and awesome sponsor, Kyle Marshall and Media Lab YYC, thank you for all the collaborative awesomeness uh, that makes this possible. Wherever this is supposed to go and whatever it's supposed to do, uh, who honestly knows? Uh, but it's been fun. Today, we have our first music guest. I'm trying to remember, it, the Instagram handle is Handmade Music. Mm. So that's the name that the EP is going to go under? Uh, handmade. Just, handmade. Yeah. Right, because you're making music yeah. with your hands. Yeah, <clears throat> and our brains. So I'm, I'm already winning. Good, good. Uh, so Handmade is here, which is Connor and Alicia. I think um, let's start a different way. And maybe you guys can introduce yourselves. Um, and maybe give me a quick synopsis of why you're here and letting me talk to you this evening. Okay, um, so my name is Connor, and uh, a couple years ago started this project, Handmade, with actually my friend Matt Mort, who's in this room helping us out. Oh, Kevin. Oh, great. Yeah, Kevin. Okay. Um, and uh, it was just like a, it was, it was a thing for fun. Uh, I was in a more serious project at the time called Fox, who slept the day away, but I wanted to do something a little simpler, just easier to play and hang out to. And uh, Matt wanted to learn drums, so we just did all that, zipped it up, played a, played a house party. But also the incentive behind Handmade was that, like to have fun with it. But also it was the music and the lyrics were for my friend Austin Caron. So that's where the name comes on or comes from, like Handmade for You. You know, one of the most sentimental things to do for someone is make something by hand. Um, so that's kind of where that's all about. But today we're also trying to advertise or promote uh on the 26th we're releasing a new ep called for you which is kind of the big reason for the name and whatnot and it ties it together we also um ran into some issues today with the band name or actually yesterday we ran into it i released a single and uh it's called palm trees there's apparently another band called handmade in thailand and they're like they're as boy band pop music as it gets. So it's nothing like us, but like our song and our artwork is right up in their discography as we speak. So uh, I'm trying to work on that, fixing it, you know, just uh, little little errors here and there. But it's, uh, I think in hindsight, it'll be hilarious. But right now I'm like a little stressed out about it. Might need to change the band name. Might need to figure something out. Not in hindsight at all. It's hilarious. Yeah, right it's, it's, yeah. <laughs> it's currently. Yeah. And I'm envisioning you guys like dressed up, synchronized dancing. It's, it's pretty, pretty slick. We even changed our group chat to the picture of the band because that's clearly who we are. We figured out who is who. Well, it's perfect because there's exactly five of them yeah. and there's five of us essentially. Mm -hmm. so. Oh, there's five people in your band? Yeah. Is Kevin in your band? Is that why he's here? Not oh, anymore, no. no. He got kicked out. Yeah. Sorry. Man. Yeah, he was too busy. Um, drums just weren't in his heart. Um, actually... 
after the next guitarist joins, we'll have gone through about nine or ten members. There's been a lot of changing. Um, like from the start, it was Matt, Matt Mort and I, just the two of us, and then um, added on our friend Taylor Dick, who's also in a project called Fake James. That's usually the name he goes by too. And then Jordan Moe on bass, and the four of us did a house party like that. And then Jordan quit, and then so I got my friend Bobby, who's currently still on bass, and then Matt Mort. And I went separate ways, and now I have my friend Moksh, who goes, he has an artist named Mocha Brown. Uh, he's on drums. Then I had my friend Tyler Shields play guitar for a bit, and he just left. So now I have my friend Will filling in. Then Will's going to leave, and then my friend Chris is going to play, maybe. So it's um, quite an experience with membership, but I guess there is still a core to hand me right now, like Alicia and myself. Um, we work on the vocals the most together. I show her. The songs I'm working on, and we we go from there. She gives a lot of critiques, which is necessary, and all that stuff. Like I'll do something, and she'll be like, "Yeah, that's yeah, you could do a lot better." And it's you need that, you know. So how how long is how long have you been part of the project, Alicia? Um, almost a year, I guess. Connor asked me over Probably. a year. Oh. No, no, I I sang that house show in December of last year, so that's like technically okay. when I started with Handmade. Yeah. So let me ask you this quick question to start, I suppose. Uh, how is your band experience a reflection of the Calgary music scene, or is this just you, Connor? I mean, you just ran through uh, a laundry list of different musicians. Is that indicative of how the music scene kind of works in Calgary? Are people kind of just trying to find out where they fit? Or, you know, the old hair bands and stuff, they always have these classic stories for yeah. the most part that this for... Um, Dudes in uh, you know crop tops uh, got together and started jamming and then they become famous. Together. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but like, it, but reality is, uh, I don't think those are like I. I found out Rage Against the Machine was a boy band. They were wow. assembled. Did you know that? Huh. Yeah, a producer assembled them. It's wow. pretty fascinating. Which is why they broke up because they fucking hated each other. Probably. Yeah, you need to have that <laughs> that relationship. So I guess um, it does definitely reflect a lot of the Calgary mu- music scene because players in calgary in this indie scene are all over the place like in three bands two bands minimum kind of deal so that's for sure an aspect of it like i mean bobby and i are in another band together called squanto which is his project but handmade is like it's my heart like it's my soul that i put into it right now with the four main people myself alicia bobby and moksh um they are like helping that backbone grow for sure and when it comes to the music, it's looking at the Calgary music scene and what is the most fun aspects of it, like bands like Sweetberry Wine and the Thunder or like um, Be Less and The Suede. Like just people are pushing themselves to be in as many things as possible. But I don't know. It's fun, but it's busy. As an older gentleman, that's what I am. Right, Kyle? Yeah. An older gentleman, I am not connected to the Calgary music scene. And, um, you know, my experience in Toronto is where I'm from. I've uh, been here six some odd years, uh, my wife and I, and, and now our son. But So I don't have a connection of what, you know, the bands you're naming or the people, et cetera, or what the scene is like. The only kind of uh, connection I've got was I shot uh, Slight Island this year, and that was bananas. And I felt all of my 40 years trying to stay up late and wake up and have images in by 10 in the morning, and it was a whole thing. But you know what was really amazing is um, the energy was was insane. I, like, I was doing all the fringe shows because I'm not an established concert photographer. And I was doing things like Aboriginal R&B night and, uh, like, three, two punk rock shows. And uh, I think, like, going into there, I was thinking I would be in these 
side hustle, you know, backroom things. And for the most part, they either sold out or had insane crowds. And whether the bands were actually from Calgary or not, I'm going to assume that the patrons mostly were. Mm. Um, So just quickly, I mean, can you give me an overview of like what the music scene is like in Calgary? There's a lot of headline news about venues closing and people complaining about how something is dying or changing. But it sounds like when you speak about it, there's a lot of people that are trying to push out and be artists. Um, There's definitely different like different groups and you know run running within like the genres and stuff like that but there's like a strong bone of people who go for sure there's a strong bone but most people who want to go to shows are musicians so the thing about this scene that we're playing in it's more so can you make a bunch of those musicians super interested in your band or just create a good friendship with them that they want to come out and party with you it's really difficult though to reach out to just showgoers there's not um a huge demographic of that. Calgary's trying to grow in that aspect, but it's not nearly as much of like, there's not a community of people who just like look at random show posters or go on to venues, Facebook pages and see what shows they're hosting. There, you know, there's like a small niche of those people who do exist, but then you talk to them after you play set and you find out that they themselves are musicians. So great, like there's still amazing shows that, yeah, do get sold out or do get packed with people who just want to go and have fun. But Sled Island is definitely quite an exception for, and same with Folk Fest and whatnot. It just all of a sudden it turns out Calgary has thousands, of, like millions, sometimes of people who go. And I'm like, where do they, where are these people all year round? Like sometimes it's really great though. Like sometimes it mm-hmm. just I think it just depends like how people feel. Like obviously on a day like today where it's snowing like crazy outside, I don't think a lot of people would go. And we do have crazy winters. I think it kind of like depends how people feel on going out and stuff like that and just like knowing about it as well I find a lot of people that I talk to who don't know as much about like the local music scene they like that's the sole reason why they're not going they just don't know and they actually would Mm -hmm. venture out um I just think we just need to get more like we just need to bring more awareness to it because when people see it they're like damn that was a fun show I can't believe these guys are from Calgary they play twice a month like people don't even know it, it exists so yeah i mean i find uh totally the same thing with art shows that i've been both curating and part of going to let's say um an established event like exposure photography festival and all of a sudden it's mostly photographers but you know you're generating larger crowds mm-hmm. and, and so i'm also wrestling with this idea or this i suppose problem of um yeah communication the question i suppose an existential one for calgary whether there are art aficionados versus just this creative growth of people that want to do cool stuff and it's a there's no answer yet we'll find one yeah Yeah, we'll we'll find (laughs) one that's my thought with all of this even having you guys on here it's uh yeah i need musicians not just uh from a plan because i don't plan but not from a planning perspective but I find the same kind of reflection when I get one-on-one time with any musician, be it in any genre, when they talk about Calgary, it's the same thing. They're just like, you know, when it blows up, it blows up. It seems like you got people behind you and then you'll go and play a show with like nobody, you know. Yeah, it's all over the place. And these venues are closing because they can't get steady income and uh, I don't don't know how to solve those questions. Also, I don't see like a lot of drinking going on at Calgary shows, especially in the indie scene. Like to keep a bar alive, people need to drink alcohol there. And most shows, people have pre, like, pre-drank or they're really high, like smoking joints outside or anything like that and not really wanting to party. They just want to listen to cool music. And that's awesome, like power to them. But like 
you know, there's still a crowd out there that would go to shows and drink a bunch of at the venue and have fun that way, which would then support the band because it supports the venue and then it makes more happen. But I don't know if there's like people just don't like drinking at venues or in that kind of environment. Maybe maybe it's a safety thing. People feel like they don't want to let too loose at those places. Maybe they've had bad experiences. But on that note as well, I do find most shows are safe places, like safe spaces for anyone of any background or any idea. But it's just venues need people to support them in that sense, like buying their product. I mean, I don't um, have an opinion about leveraging alcohol, et cetera. I, I, I think maybe the twist for me is this. I think the question might be, is there a new economy, a new way to tra- trade creativity and art that doesn't rely on um, booze yeah. um, and now pot? And, yeah. and as someone that used to uh, do booze and pot and I don't anymore I wonder like I reflect on so many shows that I've been to in Toronto and allegedly huge things like Stone's Throw before they really became thing and Kareem Rig- you know I have all these anecdotes that I don't remember the music at all yeah. um, and say what you will about I suppose regular people that can go to a place and have a beer or smoke a joint uh, and then actually have a good time yeah. um, <laughs> my experience in Toronto is uh, kind of a different one. And the art is the same thing. I mean, it's a little bit different. It, it subtracts a little bit of the booze because uh, you don't go to a gallery and get fucked up. No. You, you go, maybe you have some wine or whatever it is. But the economy is an interesting one, uh, or I should say, I don't know, um, the commerce of it, which is, let's say you guys are playing a show and there's a cover fee. The cover goes a percentage of the band. You guys are trying to sell swag, you know, album sales, all that kind of traditional stuff. In art, it's like either you're in a gallery and you're trying to convince someone that uh, a painting or a picture is worth $5,000 for a single sort of marquee purchase in their home, which they'll then appreciate as art aficionados. I just, I don't know how, again, I don't have any answers for any of this stuff, but working now as a... I guess a pseudo, not even a pseudo anymore. I, I guess I'm an art curator for now uh, three spaces and looking at the sales that we've been able to drive. Uh, and there have been a few. Um, they are not a, what we intend uh, and build around and B, we still haven't figured out what that language needs to be, to be uh, connecting to, let's say to a coffee aficionado and then coming across a beautiful painting. And then I, I see people almost pushing other people away and reading reading and gasping how either affordable or unaffordable. Like, they'll have a conversation about it. It is engaging at some level. Music's the same thing. Like, you know, if you walk by somebody that's jamming on Spotify and you're like, oh, shit, like, that's that's a pretty dope yeah. tune. And then you kind of, like, walk away. We've lost that sense that the guy or the girl that made that tune isn't getting paid. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know how to solve that. But it's interesting to meet you guys and learn that it's the exact same thing in music. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like, I do think uh, one thing I really like taking from what you were just saying is venues need to adapt because clearly trying to sell alcohol or whatever is not what they can do to stay alive, to pay rent. There needs to be some kind of other initiative to go out because clearly some music goers are interested in something else. Like they love seeing the music, but what you do like in between bands or maybe like you don't feel super social, like what are you, what is there to offer from a venue? Like I know big venues that are still staying alive, Palomino, it's not going to go away because it has delicious food. Like you go there, it smells amazing even when you just walk in. I, I just jump in a quick caveat. As a guy from Toronto, everything came close. <laughs> yeah. Toronto had a huge 
club district, for example, uh, John and Peter, etc., where there was probably, I don't know what an exaggeration, but over 50 clubs in maybe seven or 10 quarters. And on a big Saturday night, it would be a lineup on every corner. That area is gone. Really? It's 100% condominiums now. And whether it was because they weren't sustainable in their own business model or somebody came in because it's Toronto and said, okay, well, double whatever you think you're worth because we want to build a 50-story, you know, yeah. um, there's actually nothing safe. Uh, not to be too ominous. But, yeah. um, uh, and also, I just had this thought, and, you know, as young people, maybe you'll work this out, like, because yeah, I'm turning into a communist, but, you know, like, what if there's like a monthly you know, live venue share or some rate where like you're guaranteed to get in every Friday night and there's going to be a marquee person or whatever, you know, where it becomes more about the connection to music and less about um, going out and having fun, like whatever that yeah. context is. Yeah. Anyways, it's irrelevant. Okay. Let's change the subject. <laughs> yeah. We're, we're going down a, we're going a bit of a rabbit hole. Um, <laughs> as a lead in to the music. And the other thing I wanted to thank you guys is that you're gracing us with the, uh, plausibility of a live performance here which is uh, really really cool maybe you could talk to me a little bit about austin karen and a little bit about why he deserved an album mm. um and then maybe if that works if there's a particular song that you think might connect with that narrative more than any other maybe you guys could perform that one as a start and then we'll see yeah. where we go how does that sound yeah of course okay um, so austin karen was one of like the last friends i made coming out near the end of high school had a huge change in my interests, huge change in the people I was surrounding myself with. And I was introduced to him among uh, a few other individuals who then helped me form Fox Who Slept the Day Away. So Austin was part of that, like Austin Caron. And there's another Austin, Austin Franks and Maxwell Hopapa, who was on drums on that. And um, so, you know, I have years of memories and camaraderie with, with Austin Caron. So, sorry, let me just jump in. Uh, how old are you? 23. Okay. Uh, so then uh, after, I think it was three years, two and a half years of us after high school, hanging out, making music, touring Canada with each other and whatnot, his dad was diagnosed with cancer. And so he had to make a choice to either stay with us, continue doing this, building this band, or move to Nelson where his dad lives to be with him because they said like he might have like a year left kind of deal. So he made that decision. And uh, we're all super supportive. Like, you can't argue against something like that. Then a year later, his dad passed away, fought as long as he could. Um, but Austin got to spend an entire year with him. And I've never, like, I don't, I can't relate with that kind of loss. But the only thing I felt instantly is that, like, he needs someone or something to show him that, like, something or someone cares for him. And uh, the only thing I really know how to do is write music. I'm not a very artsy, crafty, hands-on kind of person. I'm very much, I can create songs and sh try to show people what I'm thinking. And so that's why I did this. Like, I was like, he needs someone and I want to show him I love him. And I actually still haven't told him the root of this band. Like, he knows that I'm doing it. He knows, like, Fox broke up and I really started focusing on this. But my plan is with this EP, um, we're not really going to print a lot of it. Um, we're going to do, like, on the release date, probably nine uh, USBs of it with each of them having individual art to it. And so you buy mostly the art and you'll get a download of it on a USB and whatnot. But I'll send, I'm going to make him like a personal CD with it, with an extra song in it that's directly like about what he went through, like more of an obvious um, song about that. 
with uh, its own CDR, its own cover art, and a note explaining why I did this, why I'm going to continue doing this. Kyle, USBs. They release songs on USBs. <laughs> no one has, no one puts a CD into a car, you know? No, like, no, you, you can't anymore. Yeah, the new you cars can't. don't have CD Whereas players. Yeah. Everyone has a laptop or a computer or an access oh, to one. I, I wooed my wife with an actual mixtape, a cassette Ooh. tape. Aww. Yeah. Uh, I'm old. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I mean, there. Were, I think there were CDs then. Yeah, there were CDs already. But mm-hmm. uh, you know, we still had a home uh, cassette player. I feel like I'm like the last person who actually listens to CDs. <laughs> yeah. So like, I really want the Handmade EP to be on CDs, but uh, like in the nostalgic factor, maybe one. I day. have I have like a not a huge anymore, but like quite a nice little collection of my CDs. And like when I first started, um, kind of being present in the music scene i was just a showgoer and i would literally like i have basically every like local band that i really love that i've seen i'm pretty sure i have like all the cds oh, cool. of all of them so it's true. yeah i don't know i'm probably rare but no well i made a magazine that's print only so i'm i'm being a dick as well <laughs> <laughs> you know, as far online, as the digital so. resolutions concerned i mean it's important we're doing podcasts you know i acknowledge it i, I have that new I, iphone thing which is uh, making fun of me of how much time i spend on my screen mm-hmm. um and you know i'm on instagram and uh, i'm meeting a lot of people through instagram as i learned that it's a social tool not just a thumb flicking tool yeah. um it's networking you yeah. But there's also something, uh, and we're going to learn that about music, with, with imagery and writing, there's something about having it as a physical object that I think is, yeah. uh, I don't want to overcast and say it's it's disappearing, but uh, I, I don't know, it is disappearing. And I think well, people yeah. are losing their touch with that. And with music, it's it's live music, it's performance. Um, and even when I used to be a music guy, um, even even like hearing a live set, as a track for the first time and it just blows you away but if you keep listening to the same live track it starts losing its power mm-hmm. eventually because it becomes predictable and it becomes uh, uh stable not that that's always a negative thing but it's it's an interesting effect when you go and you see uh, it's, and it's not just for the bloopers or somebody's pants falling off or falling down off a stage it's like there's so, so much power watching mm-hmm. somebody actually perform something. Yeah. So with that being said, please perform something for me. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> um, I'll let you intro whatever you guys decide if you need to confer. And then um, Kyle will figure out if it's going to actually uh, record. Sweet. We're going to start now, Kyle. <laughs> um, so this song we're about to do is called... Um, it's all right, and the backbone of it is no matter how rough whatever it is you're going through may feel, it's, it is all right. So this song is just kind of saying, we got your back, whoever you are, and we're handmade. All I do, but you see, 
That was awesome. I have one comment, two comments. Number one, how summary that was for the god-awful snowmageddon that we're going through (laughs) right now. It's a beautiful song. You guys are great. Um, I can also see why Matt's not in the band anymore because I was videotaping. He went into this Pantera drum solo and (laughs) tried to, like, tear the lid off of it. Yeah, it's hard to tame the wild beast, you know. All he's thinking right now is he wishes there was a fourth mic to stand up for yourself. You can use this one. Did you want to make a comment, Matt? <coughs> I'm good. There you go. Can I say something? Yeah, of course. Kyle's going to, yeah. This is a really weird, I don't know, foi- not foible, but weirdness of me, which is that anytime I watch a musician and I like the music, I can't actually look at them on the stage. I have mm. to avert my gaze or else I'll start to cry. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So I have to actually look down or else I'll like start to burst wow. into tears. That, you're saying that just happened? Yes. Wow. I'd also like for the record to show how insulted I am that Kyle makes direct eye contact with me all the time when I'm recording. Oh. Fuck. Dang. What does a guy have to do around here? I know. You guys are singing. It's beautiful. I just talk. And he's like, yeah, yeah, let's go. Let's go. <laughs> just on the odd chance from the recording uh, that it's mostly atmosphere, I, we just don't know until we listen to it. Uh, from a lyric standpoint, do you want to quickly give me an idea of um, where you're at? It's, uh, it's, it's exactly what it is. Like the, the writing points, or I guess the perspective I have in it is looking at well, I guess the first verse is looking at myself, like thinking of the struggles I go through, like always just like, um, like my issue, I guess, is trying to perfect myself like a little too much. So that first verse is like me breaking out to someone being like, man, I feel this way. And someone just responding like, it's all right. Like, it's okay. And the first time I've ever even heard that, like, it does feel good when someone doesn't try to give you all this worldly advice. It's the most simple thing to just tell someone it's going to be okay. Just give them a hug and be there for them. And so the continuation of the song after that is now me taking that, learning it from from people around me, like my father and whatnot, strong figures in my life, and doing that to other people, like for like Austin losing his dad, like feeling the world is falling around him. And all I can tell him is that it's going to be all right eventually. I want to make a mansplaining joke, but I'm going to skip it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, the theme of father is an interesting one. I mean, you know, before I give the um, yeah mic back to Connor, maybe at least to do, how do you feel when you sing this song with him? Are you identifying personally um, with the music itself or more from an artistry perspective and just uh, executing, um, you know, the song? Um, where are you at uh, as a performer when you get involved in a project like this? Um. Well, 
with this project, I think like because we're together, it like I think I understand and feel the songs like a little bit differently than some other people because I know like I've like always known the root of them from the beginning and stuff, and I think they make uh, they feel very different for me personally. Like I have like, a very different relationship with like loss and like fathers and all that jazz. Um, so for me, like this song, it feels like kind of how Connor was explaining earlier, like, you know, when you're going through something really awful and you're feeling really bad, telling someone that it's going to be okay is like super comforting. I've always felt like this song is like its own personal hug to people. And yeah, like it does have a very like glowing vibe to it, like a really happy kind of undertone. And that's kind of like the message of this song like for me too is like you know you can go through so much stuff and you can focus on all the bad but in the end it's going to be all right if you want it to be right like mm -hmm. it's all like what you make it like how you think it is so uh if you just kind of keep that underlying it's all right in your mind then it's going to be okay and you can work through anything right? so that's kind of what the song kind of feels like, like a big hug <laughs> Yeah, I love that line. Yeah. You should hashtag that when you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you kind of released it already, but yeah, that should be. Hashtag. Um, so uh, speaking of mansplaining, I'll give you some old man advice uh, because I'm learning. I'm you know meeting all you young. Well, I think yeah, for the most part, it's all been younger folks that I've been meeting. Um, you know, it took me a long time. I'm in the midst of uh, my midlife crisis, uh, so uh, watching you guys kind of try to connect with either spiritual or, um, you know, kind of like life lessons is fascinating because I, in my 20s and 30s, I, uh, yeah, I did silly, dumb, selfish things. One of the things that I want to, I, I subscribe to a, a daily uh, email thing, and it's just, this is the way fate works, uh, God, essentially for me now, uh, works in my life. This quote is, the secret to happiness is not in doing what one likes to do, but in liking one what one has to do, mm -hmm. uh, which is, uh, it's, I think I post on Instagram. And the other thing I guess I wanted to kind of just interject is this, I think, um, what I found my big resentments and my big negativity is when I have expectations on how things are supposed to work out, be mm -hmm. it good or bad. And what I'm learning and meeting, especially young creators and people uh, with entrepreneurial spirit is uh, often the more positive, energetic people are the ones that uh, try not to attach these expectations to whatever they're doing. Um, mm -hmm. Where the line of planning comes from, this is why I'm a shit planner. I um. I don't know how to draw that line yet, but uh, but it's great, you know, hanging out with you guys, like just getting some insight into what drives you to do what you do, essentially. I don't know how much time, we have We have time, right? We're goofing around. Okay. If, if that didn't pick up, Kyle gave me the aside of 10 or 15 minutes, staring me directly in the eyes. Not crying. No tears, <laughs> no emotion. <sighs> Maybe I'll briefly throw out the this question about i mean you know the theme is father and i think fa you know, we can extend to family we can ex extend to whatever you want and from mm -hmm. a relations perspective but specifically for austin i suppose uh, if we focused around the idea of father and connor at least in passing you're mentioning your relationship with yours i mean uh, is there sort of a theme between the two of you that is either positive or negative um, between my father and i yeah and oh, and my, then the uh, relationship my with dad is like one of my favorite people in the world so that's why as soon as I knew, like Austin felt the same about his dad. Like it was, it was, he was his best friend. They just 
saw eye to eye. They were in the same wavelengths. Like they could live together comfortably kind of thing. That's when I really, like, I just thought about if I lost my best friend that way, that's why I was like, damn, this guy needs something. Because when I think of my dad, I just think of someone I can go to for anything. Someone who teaches me the best advice, like, just, which is, yo, man, it's okay. Like, it's like, you don't, I don't expect the craziest um, metaphors from him or things that are going to make maybe things more complex. He just brings it right down to earth and makes me feel okay. And yeah, like within especially that song, like that first verse is me talking about like me going to my dad, thinking like complaining about how I'm going about myself and whatnot. And he's like, it's okay. And so that's, I use that kind of memory of my dad being a strong figure because for someone losing their dad, maybe taking uh, messages from my father is the best way to comfort someone. And that's kind of also what really helped that song drive is just that strong statue I can always lean on, which is, which is my dad. So set the bar really high for us new dads. Shit. If this podcast exists, Emerson, uh, he's four and a half now, but when Mm -hmm. you're of an age where uh, you can use this as uh, rhetoric capital or uh, leverage against me, uh, (laughs) everything's going to be okay. Beautiful, yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah, is that, did I get that right? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, you, good. You got um, it. Yeah, actually, yeah. No, we'll leave it at that. Uh, <laughs> there's someone I, someone mentioned to me in passing, like uh, maybe two weeks ago, that, oh, you have a podcast now. These things are going to live forever. And I was like, what the fudge does that mean? <laughs> yeah. But it's this whole computing cloud nonsense. I'm sure we could, Kyle, if we had to, I'm sure we could delete one of these. Uh, you can. Yeah. yeah. But also, like, radio can't be replaced. Podcasts can't be replaced. It's yeah. such a, a media that is irreplaceable. Like, TV is sweet and all, but even just listening to people communicate, not having a visual, just kind of picturing even the room yourself or what even the people look like, it, it's part of that that makes it enjoyable. When I used to read, I used to be literate um, <laughs> in my youth. Uh, I used to love that aspect about fiction, um, which was that, I mean, I'm a big Tolkien guy, or no, sorry, I was. Uh, I'm not big anything anymore. I, I don't read. Um, but uh, I remember being really into Tolkien. And then when the movies come out or someone tries to, you know, put a picture mm. into it or whatever, you know, of course I'm critical. It's nothing yeah. like I was imagining. Yeah. Uh, or sometimes you read something and I, I'm going to, I can't remember one of these, but where they, someone actually creates something, you're like, holy shit. Hellboy, for example, mm. although it's based on a graphic novel, you, you're kind of like, this is exactly how it would make yeah. this movie. And apparently they're rebooting it, and I'm sure it'll be shit, but... Uh, Who knows? Yeah. I, I can't know, remember Ron, who's directing it, but I remember thinking... It might be fine, but Ron, yeah, Ron Perlman's the best, man. Yeah. That dude is, they didn't really need to recreate it. If no. you wanted to watch Hellboy, just watch the old Hellboys, because they were good. You know, it's, uh, I have strong opinions about, I suppose, what has become Hollywood... Uh, all negative. But, um, <laughs> you know, it's interesting in the light of our conversation, which is um, the question of creativity and finding um, finding an audience. When, when I look, at least in my uh, non-literate and totally occasional way now, Hollywood seems to now entirely be depending on these rewrites and reboots. And you, you wonder, I mean, it's not like they don't have you know, indie theater with actual original creations, et cetera, but... There's a sense where, um, much like pop music, that there's a formula. It makes somebody a lot of goddamn money, um, mm. and that becomes the goal. And I, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna pull my own card here because, like, when my son uh, was first born, he's he's really into music, and uh, one of his favorites uh, was Katy Perry. 
Mm. When he, before he could walk, he was jamming to Katy Perry uh, on Vivo. I think was why he discovered it. And so I started listening to Katy Perry. I watched the Katy Perry documentary, and I gotta be honest with you, like, and my sister will disown me. She's like this cool, tatted up, used to be career, uh, biker. Now she was in bands, and mm. like now she's a firefighter. So she's like way above me in all <laughs> life achievements. Patricia, if you listen to this, just you're awesome. Good to look up to, you know. You don't need to compare yourself. No, no, no. Well, that's just how I was raised. But we won't go into that. Um, <laughs> And so I, when I told her that I, I liked the Katy Perry movie, she, she, I think she disowned me for like six mm. months. But there's some creative energy behind pop music yeah. too. And uh, pop culture, you know, sure. like Michael Jackson, that is pop. But who in this room hates Michael Jackson? Well, that's any, a, any hands? That's a different generation. And now, if, and if you want to talk there, Colin, I'll get Kyle mic'd up and we'll talk about... Uh, the Both. 80s and 90s yeah. and, you know, the birth of certain genres and mm-hmm. I, everything in, in human existence is cyclical. I've learned that. Like I, I do weird manipulations of photography. I think I mentioned this in a different podcast. And then an older photographer showed me that there's stuff from the 20s that people did with film mm-hmm. that mimic or, uh, or yeah, I shouldn't say they mimic me, but that essentially have the same structure of the stuff yeah. that I thought I had created on my own. Because um, human beings are kind of stupid we're we're we're, no, we're not actually that bright we're, we're communal and we we do things together and we do all this awesome stuff we make mm. kyle cry i don't but some people make <laughs> kyle cry um but at the same time you know there's a cyclical thing so we're talking about music it's a fascinating one uh yeah i, I love music too and uh like i love your song i love meeting all these calgary people that are mm. creating you know writing music for a particular thing Bridging genres. I didn't even ask you yet what your previous genre, but I think at the coffee shop you were saying it's fundamentally not uh, sort of summery, nostalgic music. Yeah. yeah. Stuff that Matt might have been more into with his like yeah. Pantera drumming. Yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah. Well, even then, like with music and pop culture, you can't avoid stealing. Like, no. Like you're saying, like, yeah, you had someone from the 20s. Well, anything even we just performed now or just then, it there's still other songs or other musicians who've done something somewhat similar. Even if it's subconscious, you're, you might not be choosing to do it, but as a musician nowadays with millions of performers and creators, you can't, you can't avoid it. But the way to get past that is being okay that you're going to not be crazy original. Hmm. Like, like, I don't know, even in the big, the big movies and whatnot, like seeing the latest Avengers, yeah, it's like a huge blockbuster, but there's still room for doing amazing, cool things in popular media and whatnot. So was not a movie for kids. The, no yeah no it's pretty like, freaking wow. dark dude dark and yeah. powerful though like like I, I laughed a lot too yeah you know i mean uh but what's his face you didn't was hilarious. leave the theater laughing you know no shit man he killed half the universe whoa spoilers yeah. okay we're gonna have to make a disclaimer yeah i think I'm, we'll 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 beep that out yeah <laughs> i think i saw a tear in kyle's eye he just looked at me i just moved him i think it was about it was about avengers um Avengers gets to his heart. Uh, no, no. One thing you got you'll learn about me, especially when I was uh, not a nice person, teasing and being a dick is is some, something natural. So Kyle, you better watch out. You give me more fodder, I'll be sitting here making fun of you and Matt. Maybe the whole pod. We should actually just have a podcast, which is me. Fun of each other. You guys are mute. You're not allowed to actually talk back, and I just spend an hour <laughs> like, yeah, talking shit and being being. Yeah. <laughs> That was what it was like living with Matt. He just kind of stood quiet and I said a bunch of things to him, you know? I've offered Matt the mic and he did say no. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. You know, there's a lot going on in his brain and I, I'm good at fishing it out though. Like I force him to communicate. 
Uh, okay, so <clears throat> now I have no idea where we were, what we were doing. Avengers. Uh, which is important. Yes. Let's find a way to segue into, maybe, do you guys feel like another number? Yeah, we could do something like that. Okay. The yeah. one thing I wanted to ask you before we get into that maybe is, uh, so like, you gave me the unprocessed raw version wave mm. files of the music. It, so the final produced stuff is out or available, will be available. Yeah. Where are we at? Like I have it on my laptop okay. and one song is out under the Thai Thailand handmade band right now. Boy you know band. what I'm going to do actually? Yeah, yeah. Forget your music. I'm going to yeah. go get Handmaid's music. Yeah, I'm going to have like this handmade. boy band music. They, yeah. have, they have eight followers. So oh. yeah. Well, they could use number nine. Yeah, right? well, actually, we gave them like four streams <laughs> yesterday with our song. They're, They're like, probably like, wait, what? We're making it. What we the did heck? It. <laughs> Anyways, there'll be new projects, presumably, as we go through uh, this. Sweet. And I wish you guys luck if I don't get an outro um, with your launch and, mm. and uh, subsequent local uh, popularity. Uh, and, and Oh, sales. I'll advertise that. Um, oh. We are launching our EP October 26th at the Palomino Smokehouse. With I Am The Mountain and Thomas Thomas. And this will come out before the 26th. So if you're listening to this, you're in Calgary, you want to go listen to some music, go to the Palomino. Okay, so what are your thoughts as far as an outro uh, piece? Yeah, we got uh, we can do a uh, uh, like a nice fun one or a slightly sadder one. We got two options. Um, as much as I want to see Kyle cry, I feel like maybe something fun so that sweet. we can just uh, be positive before we walk back out into that, yeah. into that mush. Okay. Then yeah. we'll do a song called Palm Trees, which is about Thailand, which is very ironic because Ooh. we have a Thai band Matt's, stealing our, that exact song. Matt's excited. Yeah. I think it's going to be a good one. Um, this song is called Palm Trees and I dedicate it to the, our, Thai homies in Thailand. <laughs> miles away, at least a miles away, at least I thought I was, I was, I guess I'm not. Miles away, at least a miles away, at least I thought I was, I was, I guess I'm not. Baby, I adore you. Miles away, we've got it all. Maybe I should show you how I feel inside. Show you 
We'll put in hot plus. That was amazing, guys. I don't know if it's still recording, but just in case it is, thank you so much for hanging out with me and Kyle yeah, and Matt. Thanks for letting us be here. Thank you. Um, any other kind of connectivity stuff? Do you guys have on a website or I know you're on Insta? Like, yeah, most that's our best platform to follow us on is on Instagram. Because right now, if you want to find us on any streaming, you wouldn't find our band, but that'll be figured out. So show announcements and YouTube video links and all that stuff is on our Instagram. As soon as you guys resolve your um, your spat with the Thai boy band, uh, let me know. And then I'll try to use my perspectives uh, Insta as well, just to correct, maybe, presumably, uh, whatever that means. Um, and then, yeah, if, if Kyle and I ever get an opportunity to build another live show, et cetera, we'll chat. Um, we just don't know what we're doing yet. Um, good luck, guys. Um, and hopefully we'll uh, chat with you soon. Touches the sense sparks. Her kiss was torn.